yo, and welcome to the 124th episode of Lake of Rage Pokemon Trading Card Game Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Clementi, aka Mellow underscore Magikarp. I'm joined today by two very special temporary guest hosts joining us for the first time in a while, but nowhere near the first time in the history of the podcast. We have the one and only Sackett Bremer, aka Sack Sack 17. How are you doing today, Sack? Doing well, Mellow. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you for finally not going to a league challenge on the day that we're recording, so you can join us. And joining us for the first time ever and someone that I've really wanted to have on the podcast for a while, I think one of the most underrated players in the game, we have Kobe Kawasaki. Kobe, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, you know. <laughs> Let's go. So uh, I'm going to have each of them kind of introduce themselves, how long they've been playing and some of their accomplishments to start us off, because there's a realistic <laughs> chance if you're listening to this podcast, maybe you have not heard of either of these two players before. And I think you definitely should have. They are both very accomplished and very accomplished with a large variety of decks and a large variety of different things in some of those decks as well, which is why I think they're great to talk about this new set. So, Sack, can you go ahead and start us off? How long have you been playing and what are some of your accomplishments? Uh I've been playing since 2006. I have a five-digit pop ID, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, some of my notable accomplishments, I guess, is I've won states and top-rated regionals back in 2009. Let's That's go. kind of cool when I was a kid, uh, juniors. And then most recently, I've um, day two quite a few tournaments, uh, top 16 Knoxville last year, top 64 to EYC last year, and most recently, uh, top 64 let's go so a giant resume and i'll say as someone who is in a discord with sack it is always with decks that he tends to pick up at the absolute last minute make a few changes that he thinks would look good when he posts the list on twitter and then proceeds to still do incredibly well with them that's very true yeah if you've never seen his twitter too bro japan pokemon twitter picks up those lists and they just take off also and then joining us as well, Kobe. Kobe, how long have you been playing and what are some of your accomplishments? Um, I started the game in 2002. Um, uh, and then I played to like 2010 and then got back into the game after I finished college in maybe like 2019. Um, I used to also have a 5 division pop ID, but when I got back into the game, I forgot my pop ID. So I got issued a new one and they overwrote my old one in the process. So... There goes my five-digit pop ID gone nice. the way. But you hate I guess to see a couple it. Um, I played in the 2006-2007 World Championships as a junior. And then most recently, I think most people know me for my second place at Vancouver. But I've also had a couple day twos you know, last year as well. And then I played in the World Championships, obviously. And then that's about it. Are you not going to like flex the top 64 at Worlds with Liminal? That's just absolute pile. <laughs> the problem is it doesn't show up on the limit list, right? And I didn't get any money for it, right? So it's like, sure, a top 64 worlds in 2022 was good, but like nobody would ever see it, right? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just not good. there. <laughs> That's true. I also went to worlds, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the reason Kobe's on here, I already mentioned Sack a little bit, right? Just like some of the most creative ideas I've seen. Kobe and his brother Cameron also plays Cameron Kawasaki, another name you should be wary of if you hit them at a regional. They're both very good players. But Kobe's a local of mine and they share cards. Cameron is, for lack of a better term, a meta slave and will always play the BDIF. And as such, I see Kobe come up with just some of the most jank 
I've ever seen that's still playable. It's still fine. The amount of Trevenant when Trevenant was bad that I had to play against with this guy and the fact that he makes decks that aren't good function so effectively or decks that are no longer meta work so well i think is another reason why he is just someone that i really wanted to have talk about what i think is one of the most interesting sets <laughs> that we're gonna have uh, in a while probably yeah i'm flattered by the way thank you for knowing me for playing bad decks such a great <laughs> <laughs> bro the uh, the amount of trevenant every time i would walk into an expanded tournament all right I can beat anything but Trevenant, but that's not a real deck anymore. And then round <laughs> oh, yeah. one, so yeah, sit across from me. I'm like, Hitmon Wob does not. What, what do I do? There's nothing I can do in this situation. It's terrible. I mean, the thing, the reason why I was playing Trevenant is because I think that was like literally the first competitive year I got back into the game, right? So I had nothing built. I didn't really know what the meta was. It was like nine years removed. So, and then Expanded was rolling around. I didn't know what this format was. I was like, what the heck is this, right? I was, I'll just build the cheapest deck, right? Because I had no money, right? I was still a college student at the time. So I was like, I'll just build the cheapest deck. What's the cheapest deck? Trevenant. Great. I'm sure this deck is still good. So that's why I played that. <laughs> oh, I 3 double ID. Seems good enough. And then I went to Portland with it, and it was terrible. It was like all <laughs> like That was the tournament that had 40% Turbo Duck, right? Yeah. So it was like the worst call, but I was like, I played against you and a bunch of other locals, and you just led me astray because I thought Trevenant was going to be good. And I was like, oh, I smashed my locals. I actually did great at Portland. And then, no, that was not the case at all. Joke's on you. I played Hitmonwob, which was probably the same tier as Trevenant in that tournament. <laughs> Wait, what, what tournament was this? What year? 2019 Portland. Portland. Yeah. I was at that Portland. Yo, let's go. Me I too. I, was, I played Pikaram <laughs> and expanded. I started like 402, was at table seven, and then I hit like the Hitmon Wob, and then I hit Guardian, and then I just, it was just went like downhill from there. I was like, what was happening to my run? It was so bad. I know. Expanded was so much fun, though. I know this isn't the point of the podcast episode, but that's amazing. We were like right next to each other because I'm pretty sure at that point in the tournament, I was 411. So we were not far off of our tables at that thing. It's like, I had no idea who this guy was. I was like table seven and Azul was like table nine and they were, they were just starting up stream and they were like, all right, Azul, stream starting up. Let's like, you're on, bud. And he was like, I don't want to. I was like, can you put me on stream? I want to go on the stream. And they looked at me and they were like, who is this kid? <laughs> so they put Azul on, right? Because Azul's going to be on. And Azul was like, just put Sack on. They are like, no, we're going to pull Azul. I was like, oh, was my one shot of being on stream. Uh, that turn was so much fun. You did eventually get on stream. I remember, still remember rooting for you against uh, Shemansky in what was one of the most wild. Again, not the point of the podcast. Let's move on to some Paradox Rift stuff. <laughs> so I've asked both of them to come up with cards, decks, ideas, because I've taken a look at the set and I'm not the most creative deck builder in the world. So I'm like, wow, there's a lot of cards that do a lot of stuff. So I'm going to hope that these two have some ideas. So Sack, I want you to start us off. What are a card or a deck or something that is interesting you the most from Paradox Rift? Um, I'm going to start off with my one of my favorite cards, like the one I'm like, Highly anticipated cards for me is uh, Iron Valiant. It's the Gallade Gardevoir future Pokemon, if you guys are unfamiliar with it. And its ability is once during your turn, when this Pokemon moves from your bench to the active spot, you may put two damage counters in one of your opponent's Pokemon. That's uh, one of my favorite cards. I'm always trying to get Alakazam, like Radiant Alakazam, uh, Box of Disaster, Vegetable Punch, Metacham, like Yoga Loop, or like Astro Barrage, plays damage counters. I'm always trying to get 
that working and this just can feed into that and a lot of like the smaller decks um like comfy ralts uh gimme ghoul is a new card that we're coming out with or trigger backs or anything like that any of those things can get just like turn one iron valented yoga loops and then now it's my turn again and now i boss kill your other one um so i think i think that could be a lot of fun going into this format and i'm really looking forward to playing that one seeing how what i can come up with that so i buy the idea but and this is i guess i will put at both of you because this also sounds like a very kobe card so i assume you've put thought into it what are you pairing with this thing beyond yoga loop like i very clearly see that synergy because everything in this format is supposed to be evolving from not v's anymore so what what does this deck actually look like beyond 17 switching cards and some iron valiance and a yoga loop i mean i feel like i mean obviously yoga loop is the first thing right i think most of the variants would probably play yoga loop um the first thing that comes to mind when I think of that is like maybe Urshifu, right? Because you could be yoga looping a mana fee and then you can follow that up with potentially like a rapid flow to like wipe their board. You could also do Shadow Rider that was mentioned, right? Shadow Rider kind of does the same thing when you're dealing with the smaller basics. Um, I mean, you really can do a lot of things. I mean, you don't even really need to have something that's like too heavy on the strategy, right? Because if you're using a yoga loop on like turn one, Right, a lot of the times that might just like win you the game, anyways. If you just start hitting with whatever you want after that, so. Zach, did you have any ideas of specific partners or? Like Iron Valley and like Yoga Loop cleans up the like the little guys, but if you try like Yoga Looping something that's bigger, like a Mew V or like an Arceus, you're obviously not going to get there, right? Um, so then you need like something that hit big, like even like Arceus. You could run like a two-two Arceus or something like that in there. Just go turn one, play a bunch of switch cards, squawk your hand away, turn to yoga loop, and then just go into like Arceus after you bench the single Arceus and then attach to it and then attach to it again or start with for the yoga loop piece because you could go penny yoga loop uh, with turbo energy. So I think you could probably pair with Arceus like a thin line or something that doesn't take too many attachments or too much of a combo piece to like pull off because you're going to be, once again, like you said, playing a bunch of switch cards turn one and whatnot. So mm -hmm. something that can like, stand on. So are we actually in a world where we're just like, let's pair this with Arceus because Arceus is good. Like, are we just back in 2021? No, Arceus is just so basic. You, like with Arceus <laughs> yeah. decks, it's attached pass, which means that if that's all I have to do, turn one to make Arceus work, I can fit in so much else because it's just like one, one action I have to do to make Arceus viable is attached pass. And it finds me my combo pieces for turn two. So yeah, potential. one of the combos that I see is, and maybe this is bad because I haven't built a deck and you only have 60 cards, but okay, you play 75 switching cards, synergizes with psychic energy. You're going to be yoga looping and spreading damage counters. Is this not a perfect loss box thing to play? Or do you think that's just like, well, you want to switch into Comfies, You don't want to switch into Iron Valiant. I mean, I think the issue with loss zone pairing with it is that with Iron Valiant, what you need to pull out the combo, you probably need at least like three comfortably, three bench spots referred for just that, and then the yoga loop, right? So therefore, that's four of your six available spots. Like, you don't really play much of the game if you just as lost zone if you don't have at least two comfies and an attacker, right? So like, I don't know if you're like building into something meaningful, right? Like, I feel like something like Arceus that maybe is just more you know, one bench spot reserved could be just easier to fit in. Um, but you never know, right? The card's very flexible. 
I could see it being played in a bunch of different ways. So therefore, I don't want to like say for certain it can't work or somebody might not create it, but it seems kind of sketchy right now. <laughs> All right, valid. Uh, so we've gotten some Iron Valley and Kobe. Do you have any ideas, a, an archetype, a card, etc.? Um, I guess if I had to, like, this obviously I think this set has a lot of good cards, so there's a lot I could start with. But I think the card that I think is an easy choice is Earthen Vessel, right? Mm-hmm. The, just a new discard, get two energies. This may be kind of an unpopular opinion, but I think a card that's been very underrated for a long time, and probably this might help push it over, is Reggie Drago. Um, I think Reggie Drago for a long time has been pretty good. It's a 280 dragon Pokemon with no weakness, and it has a lot of really strong attacks in the game, but it doesn't really have the engine to kind of get it going. Mm-hmm. Um, as the Gardenias doesn't really work like Welder, because unlike at the time, like back in Welder format, you had cards like Giant Hearth or even Fiery Flint before that, and like Fire Crystal that readily have access to just energies. So therefore, Welder was always just like, I can always Welder, right? Like never a situation where you had an issue that. Whereas Gardenias, you never had that, right? Because there was no way to search grass. Mm-hmm. So I think with the Earthen Vessel, on top of that, having additional discard synergy with Regidrago, right? Because you could discard attackers in your hand. It also activates maybe a potentially like a, like a just a heavy Gardenias line. And I think if Regidrago like always set up like turn two, I think the deck would be really good. Like, the only reason why it's bad now is because, like, you have to pair it with Ark and something that's, like, four prizes you already give up, or you just don't set up at all, so. I did not see that going to Richie Draco <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> Richie Draco's good, bro. <laughs> like, that card is so insane. Like, it because in theory, I mean, obviously, I don't, you know that I played Zorobox to fucking Sacramento. Yes. But, um... I think that Reggie Draco is like a better Zorark, right? Because it just has access to more powerful attacks and it doesn't have the liability of it being, you know, abusable by Lost Zone or a weakness, right? Like hitting 280 when you don't hit weakness is like impossibly hard, especially if they copy like, you know, um, Gudra's attack, right? So it's mm-hmm. like 60, no weakness. How are you going to kill that, right? It's like, like that's just so hard, right? So, did we have we gotten any new dragons outside of the like? Because the NAIC, right? It won juniors, and it was the generic. Uh, what was it? There's Duraludon, maybe. There's definitely Gudra. I think they played the Garchomp, which was the sniping one. Uh, Noivern, because you can Stadium Lock and etc. Have we gotten anything new in the last couple sets that I've just missed? I don't. I mean, I think that there's an Altaria that's a single prizer that can put you to like old dark rice sleep well not quite old dark rice sleep or dark rice sleep is when you flip double tails you died but um uh, <laughs> it's still, yeah the level x it's still double tails asleep right without the insta dying on double tails <laughs> yeah we get uh two new alterias we got that one the sleep one and then we have the new one with the uh, light pulse uh 140 during the opponent's next turn prevent all effects of attacks done to this pokemon Oh yeah, that's actually a pretty important one too, just in case you're up against a deck that you think can like use some sort of effect to like cheese your ready Drago. That's called Roaring like Moon, right? Giratina. Yeah. Roaring Moon. Moon. Oh yeah, the um, v- Giratina V Star. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? yeah those, those. Okay, okay. So I I don't want to get sold on Ridge Drago. Uh, <laughs> no, neither do I. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Look, I don't think that was is... so good. It's gonna it's gonna be so like it's gonna go into so many decks though. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be generically good. It's just something that I've been thinking about a while because I've been thinking about the Gardenias and like why it never was good as well. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of reasons why it's not as good as Welder, but the first one that I thought of is it just never had access to energies, right? So it's just something that came to mind. I don't think that it's really the best way to use the card for sure, but it's interesting. Yeah, so, also, so, like, do it the Earth and Vessel like compare well into our next archetype because um, it turns out like energies, so you can just splash like Iron Hands or any of your like other tankers that like just require that one off energy. Um, you can splash those Pokemon into the decks that accelerate energies. So like Charizard accelerates three fire energy to anybody, Bexcalibur's three energy to anybody, or infinite water to anybody, things like that, like or like Arceus or whatever, those decks, or like you said, Gardenias, it just activates all of those things. You can like Gardenias to a poke and then does Gardenia only go to grass Pokemon? No, because you can go to Reggie Driver. Yeah, anywhere on the bench. Yeah. Anywhere on the bench. Right. So then now you can just have all these combos and then you go search out your one of energy that you're looking for. Also, like yeah. it's another like card that discards um, a card from your hand. So like we've seen this with Kramomatic, with Quick Ball. I mean, all, we all know Ultra Ball has been like stable for a while, but just having a card that discards cards is also really good. I saw a Lugia list with Iron Hands, which we'll talk about eventually, I guess. We have to. And at first I was like, that's incredibly stupid, right? You have to run basic lightning energies and then you're running earth and vessel to find them. But then it was like exactly what you said. That's more outs to discard Archeops. And that might actually be good, which is like upsetting to think about that earth and vessel Lugia might be playable. But yeah, the discard synergy is just so good in the current format, like Guardi, for example, get two more in your hand and discard another psychic energy that is like i already ranted enough about playing guardy but one of the biggest issues i ran into all of sacramento was getting the energy in the discard pile or into my hand and like yeah fog crystal's good but earthen vessel is more good so yeah, <laughs> it seems yeah. pretty pretty solid in there and you know she and pow and etc right is earthen vessel the best card in the set uh sack what do you say first no uh best card uh let's say really good um, I think like Countercatcher can be really good as well. Things like Earthen Vessel. I'm a big fan. Of, like we get a new Lily. It's called Parasol Lady. I think that could be really good for setup decks. You did not just um, call Parasol Lady the best card in the set. No, I think it'd be really good though in terms of trainers. <laughs> okay. it's, not, it's probably like the like, like the best, but you see more play than others, right? I guess time goes on. Sure. Like I'll take a turn with Lily. If you get like, so I don't know if like the supporter rule is ever going to change ever again, but if it changes while well, Parasol. It literally it says if like, you go second, right? Like only. Oh, yeah, if you go second. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. That one doesn't matter if it changes. Translations are weird, yeah. But we also have like AZ's back. Um, I guess the like, Professor Seda can be good as well with energy acceleration. And that's the one where attach one basic energy to up to two of your ancient Pokemon and then draw three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it's like just energy melody. acceleration like that is good as well but then we have all of the technical machines that could be good techno radar could be good so just like for yeah. two future pokemon put them in your hand shelf your deck like there's gonna be so many future like there's also like iron thorns hasn't been released yet either neither as uh father main what's tyranitar so yeah that's tyranitar that's so okay that's okay gotcha yeah so we have like more Pokemon that have been released yet, like more Paradox Pokemon than this, like some of these things compare with. So yeah, it's like 
it's kind of hard to say like what constitutes like the best card in a set, right? Because I think if you went based off of like how much quantity of play you would see, I think Earth and Vestal could be selected as the best, just because I think so many decks will run it and it will just slide in everything. But it might not have like as big of an impact as say other cards in the set, like maybe some of the Pokemon. You both gave me the worst answer in the world to that question of, I don't know, it depends, we'll see. Well, there's also <laughs> things like, if we go towards more setup decks, right? If everyone's playing Charizard and you're like, I'm going to leave Immune the active or something like that, or Chimpao, where like, I probably want to go second because I can play Yurida and TKO my Frigabacks, that's fine, I have another Frigabacks. Mm -hmm. Then things like Counter Catcher can be really good because you go like, research your old hand away, your Yurida. Conceal cards, show a bunch of cards, barrel, and then counter catcher still, as well as that, because someone knocked out your frigabacks turn one, because you get a gust effect as well. Like counter catcher can be insanely good in setup decks. Like Guardy, you're like, well, I have to like refinement, refinement, rare candy. You already knocked out Mew because I went first, you took a KO anyways, I'm still setting up. Like like research plus counter catcher could be insanely good. So I think counter catcher can be up there for good cards if we're up in setup decks. And everyone's like well, I'm RC's turn one KO, and I get to gust your RC's V on the bench you put energy on. So I think cards like that could be insanely good. Countercatcher is one of those cards that I know everyone, including myself, sees it reprinted or has seen it for the first time and says, yo, Sander, we got a card for you, right? And like, there is some truth to that because like, in theory, you know, we just saw in Lil Regionals, Snorlax stall got 30th and 37th place. And that's like, that's that's decent that's pretty solid and now suddenly they can cut down on their bosses for counter catchers which you can arvin for and pokey stop into which is yeah. uh kind of scary <laughs> to you know be something that could occur right but back in the day when this card was played it was not seen very much except in zoroark decks where it was incredibly powerful in something like a Zoropod. Usually it's a one-of, because you could re, you know, get stuff back, or Ranguru. I don't know if Puzzle was legal at the same time as Countercatch or not, but like you could get stuff back was the key there. And you were just such a slow, grindy, long-game deck that Countercatcher really enabled so much out of it. And I think that, like you said, it's a card that will not fit into most decks, but the decks it fits into, it will be a game-changing card that will annoy you so much. And you will see people called for it being banned, even though it has no business ever being banned. It is an incredibly balanced card. But just whatever deck yeah. uses it, it will just abuse it so well. Well, okay, here's one. We just saw in, what was it, Lily? Or Lil? Lil. Lil? Lil. Yeah. Lil. Um, we saw Lost Box with Crosswitchers. Mm-hmm. Cancel clone gets second, right? Yeah, it's like top eight second. Yeah. It's second. Um, just cut the cross switchers for counter catchers in Lost Box. Well, I mean, it's the same thing. <laughs> like they already they play the Cancel clone, right? Well, have you read Cramorant? <laughs> I mean, I guess. But like you're gonna be behind most of the game. You go like cram. You're early, you're up early game, but then like late game, you have to go like cross switcher, cancel clone the Jirachi, cancel clone Manaphy, or just even like uh, counter catcher like their attacker and the Kyogre or something. Like those can be really good. Uh, lost box. I think actually now I think about it, I would. I mean, until you mentioned it, I, I had this idea, but I think the lost box variant that would probably take the best advantage of it is actually Sablezard. Because like whenever I played Sablezard, I was always like. I really have to Clara here, right? Because I gotta get my Zard back, but I can't boss. Uh, shucks, right? So you had to run cross cross switchers, which never felt like amazing, but it was necessary because you always needed to play a supporter for turn 
normally a Sibelzard to just play the game. So mm-hmm. therefore, Countercatcher, you could go recover the Zard with Clara and then like Countercatcher. Or you could go Roxanne Countercatcher, right? Which both seem really good. So maybe Sibelzard takes advantage of it really well. That just brings me back to I will always bring up Inteleon Zard when I can. That was the most yeah. fun deck I've ever played. And yeah. trying that deck originally on stream pre-Cross Switchers, it was just unplayable, right? Because it was like, <laughs> well, I have to, you know, Irida for a quick ball or I have to Clara my Zard back and then I can't boss. And if I can't boss, so many matchups become hard. And like you said, Cross Switchers in that deck were great because Inteleon existed. Yeah. Now, as Sablezard, we're always losing because the deck is bad. You're always losing after, like, turn two. The deck just yeah, doesn't that... do anything. And I actually do really like that. I don't like it in turbo because it does go against the turbo nature. And I'll, I've been wrong. I've been wrong so many times. We called Palkia V-Star worse than Hasui and Samurott. So feel free to clip this and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> that, that seems like a horrendously bad take. Look, we, just, we invited yeah. Alex on. And <laughs> just don't, don't give Alex an opinion on standard format. <laughs> but yeah i really like it in sables art and i'm not expecting to be good in turbo but also i don't know maybe maybe yeah, it, you just lost on it if it's if you're winning it's fine if you're winning you're winning so who cares yeah could be I good in Kyogre. That, you're always yeah, be good in that's yeah. essentially well, the escape rope right yeah, yeah essentially uh, better like escape rope wait i'm it's digging like, the Kyogre. because <laughs> you can cross you can counter catch the manaphy and play the cologne Sure, that too. Well, okay, so you play you play the escape rope, and they go like, "I'm not going to give you Manaphy, yeah, because it's sitting on the bench." Or they have like Manaphy plus Jirachi, and they're like, "Well, here's the Jirachi. You still can't use Sableye." You're like, "All right, we're not going to deal with this Manaphy." Like escape rope didn't help you at all, but now you just go like counter catch the Manaphy, clone it, and then Kyogre. Every time I play Kyogre, I say this deck has too much space, and I really want to throw a canceling clone in here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm sure Azul's group will figure out something to do with Kyogre. It's still broken. No, I, everyone's going to put Jirachi in their list. No one's going to play Lost Box for the first tournament, and then everyone's going to take Jirachi out of their list, just like Spirit Tomb. And Mew's going to come back, and it's going to win. It's going to be the same thing, but now it's going to be with Kyogre because they put Countercatcher in it. I actually like the Countercatcher in Kyogre, though. I know, I made the sarcastic comment. I do want to say <laughs> that's actually a very good idea, and I should never touch Kyogre again because. I'm not touching it. It's too, for sure. too big brain for yeah. me. <laughs> yep, I'm not touching it either. <laughs> not after Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> what, you play Kyogre and you lost? Okay, listeners, yeah, these two played Kyogre. a win and into day two in Milwaukee regionals. Kobe played apparently was- Kyogre and Sack played was Maridon. Awesome. It was, yeah, it was awesome Turbo Kyogre. I ran the same 60 as Victor and I think Andy. We all played the same 60 at that tournament and... I just was not drawing. Now, to be fair, we all did poorly, but um, I just was not drawing well. Like, I lost to a Mew, and I tied a Mew that I should have also lost. So I really should have gone 0-2 into Mew as Kyogre. That's and I was like, ah, the crap. best match. How do you ever lose that matchup? I just was not doing I was not. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. I mean, it, it's fair. I uh, lost to, I've lost a lot of decks as the best Lugia ever, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, on the other hand, picked up Moridon the night before, uh, and my two losses on the day because I went I went six two and one after the winning in into day two. My two losses on the day were Kieran Vmax and Magnazoniax. <laughs> that was that tournament. <laughs> this was like my fourth loss box of the day. It was so frustrating. 
Yo, I forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah. That was your losses? How did you not lose to any of the other lost boxes? <laughs> Kieran stupid. I tried one and I beat the other ones. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, round one I hit Kieran. And then after losing to Kieran, because they just popped off. They the absolute nuts against <laughs> Kieran VMAX. And then I was like, well, this isn't how this isn't going well. And then the next round I hit Magnazone EX. I'm like, what am I doing here? <laughs> like, what is this? Uh, so I started the tournament 0-2. Uh, I was like, well, time to run it back, I guess. So to go back to the topic, we've kind of skirted around the idea of Iron Hands, and I do want to hear from both of you your thoughts. So if you've been on Pokemon Twitter, I'm so sorry that you're there, but you've seen Jake Jake Gearhart's Doom and Gloom of Iron Hands EX. The format is now ruined. The card designers completely destroyed everything. This auto wins everything from turn two forward. Uh, Kobe, are you an Iron Hands believer? Is this now an S tier deck card something? I mean, I don't think so. I know that might be kind of controversial, maybe, but I don't believe that Iron Hands is necessarily the end of the format. I think what it does do, which is really bad for the format, is I think it essentially makes a lot of the single prize decks really bad. But like, it's a for me, I feel like it's kind of like ADP was right. Um, ADP, especially during like COVID era, was like, it was never really like just hands down the best. It just kind of gate kept everything else out of the format. So therefore the top six decks like in Vivid Voltage were just all tag team decks, which like, sure, that's a broken card in the sense that it invalidates almost like 80% of the decks that could be good. But it also wasn't like the best deck. Like it had a 50% win rate, right? It just mm-hmm. made that all the rest of the decks that were still in the format just had to not auto lose that, right? So therefore, sure, Iron Hands is strong into Lost Box and Guardi, right? But if nobody plays Lost Box and Guardi, we're just playing a bunch of like, I don't know, just tanky two prizes, like which I think the other cards that we might talk about, like some of the new tools, could just push us towards. If we're just playing a bunch of tanky two prize basics, right? I don't see how Iron Hands is like particularly broken. Just don't be weak to lightning, I guess. <laughs> so Kobe, you mentioned earlier, but you played a uh, Zoroark box to Sacramento. So as a Zoroark player, a deck that is notoriously gatekept by Sableye, what do you think is the bigger gatekeeper for that deck? Would it be Iron Hands you're more afraid of, or would it be, assuming no Jirachi, Sableye? Oh, definitely um, Sableye. Iron Hands is fine, because you, sure, you're giving up two prizes per single prize, but a Zoro box always is fine with that, because then you just one-shot things because you hit for weakness right mm-hmm. as long as you're playing against like a two price deck even if they're trading across from you like you're at least trading even the problem with Sableye is that because you are always hinged on being behind in prizes if they just didn't take knockouts you just all you just always <laughs> lose right they just spread damage don't knock anything out you don't have scoop up nets in the format right so therefore they're just like okay you never get reversal energy and it's like um, well can't do anything about that whereas if they're just taking two prices a turn you're like okay you know knock out that two for two you know, whatever. You're probably not going to get a second Iron Hands, and if you do, I'll just knock that out again, right? And then eventually you'll go down to one prize, hopefully, and then I'll slow bro you. <laughs> okay, okay. So big gatekeeper, but not necessarily bigger than Sableye, depending. Yeah, it depends. I think for Zorbox specifically, Sableye was just really bad because of the reversal interaction. But yeah, it's it's not as bad as I think people make it out to be. Zach, what are your thoughts on Iron Hands? How much should we quit and go play One Piece? 
what? <laughs> I was like, never the option, I guess. Uh, yeah, I didn't see that one coming. Uh, I think Iron Hands, like, if it, okay, if it does get too good, it's just like people playing Decidueye, right? Like, here's people's outs to Decidueye, here's the amount of people that play Decidueye, and just goes up and down, just oscillates back and forth, right? If Iron Hand gets too out of control, people are just going to, like, navigate towards big basics, two prizers, things that don't get KO'd by Iron Hands. And if they go towards that, people will stop playing Iron Hands, and then we just go back to, like, well, Sableye's good again, or it's, it could be sneaky good, or we just have, like, a single prize like Guardy sneaky. Um, to just go towards things like that. Um, it just goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, also, it's really hard to, like, power up consistently again and again, so you just get it, you just knocked out one Iron Hands. Um, it does take four energy to amp you very much, so... <laughs> You just had to say the I read name, that correctly. didn't you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, building another one can be very difficult. But at the same time, if you're, like, turbo enough, like, if you put this, like, in Maridon, you go second, you get that turn one arm press off into a two-prizer. It does have 230 HP. You could buff it again with, uh, we do a Bravery Charm and stuff like that, where you can, like, make it incredibly difficult to knock out, like, 280 HP kind of thing. Mm. Where that 160 into... All I have to do next turn is attach again for another 120, amp you very much, and then take a, like a three prize KO, and now you're kind of set up for the game where you could go that way, but that would only be in lightning dot decks. And I think it might be hard to build otherwise, but I don't know. The meta, it's just very meta dependent. Like, do I want to play, play big basics and not lose the Iron Hands, or do I think not everyone's going to be playing Iron Hands? I'm going to continue to play my Charizard, my Gardevoir deck, my Sableye deck, my Countercatcher Kyogre deck, and be fine with losing the like, Iron Hands. It doesn't like how that meta shapes up, but it's never going to be too much of a problem where it needs to be banned or gatekept or like it just makes the format unenjoyable. We go play One Piece. I don't think it's <laughs> so. I want to bring up the my favorite quote unquote bad card from the set. I've actually got several, which is not normal for me. I love the Steelix. That's not the one I want to talk about, but I love the Steelix. One, <laughs> one, one, hold on. We're one. talking about bad cards of the format. I had so many. I thought we weren't going to mention any of them. No, because I was like, this is the podcast for that, but I have a lot. The, ac the actual bad card I want to talk about, I think, is very potentially okay, and that's the Garbodor. 120 HP. Discard any number of Pokemon tool cards from your hand. There's 50 for each card you discard in this way. And of course, you have the Snorlax to get back leftovers, which is a potential way to do a guaranteed 200 a turn for a single energy in addition to all the other cool tools that you can play out there. You know, do shenanigans with it, run it with a Rotom V-Star to close out the game. I don't know what people do these days, but 50 times what you're discarding from your hand in a format where you have so many ways to build a hand size and so many tools that are good enough feels like something that could be potentially playable to me. So, uh, Sack, sell me on Garbodor not being playable. Well, I had to read the card. <laughs> um, so I just I just read it, and so we have the, like the leftovers combo, and, yeah. Like the Guru and the like all the technical machines that are coming out. So and like four Stone, like you said, Rotom. So it could be good. You get an auto two hundred every turn if you have like the two Snorlaxes in play, and you don't prize any leftovers. So that's kind of fun. It's a single prizer. Um, you don't. You could trade the Iron Hands very well, so that's not an issue. But then you just like run into like Lost Box. I guess you'd have to play the Jirachi. Depends on like how if you can get set up, but it's kind of fun. Don't hate it. I don't know if you ever get to like doing 330 damage to a Charizard late game or anything like that because you just get Ionode. But it's not bad. It only costs an energy. I'll, I'll see it being very fun. 
I'll find a way. Kobe, thoughts on Garbodor? <laughs> thoughts on Garbodor? I mean, <laughs> I think it's kind of just in the same boat that the rest of the single prize decks are in, right? Like, it's if everybody is playing Iron Hands and also Iron Valiant, I think they kind of both gatekeep these evolving single prize decks in the same way. If everybody's just playing Iron Valiant and Iron Hands, then you can't play anything. Like, you can't play Lost Box, can't play Gardevoir, can't play Garbodor, can't play Zoro Box, you can't play any of these decks if those decks are just running rampant. But, you know, like, if you, they start waning in play, right, you could you could definitely bust this out. I mean, like, especially because if, like, you know, let's say Lost Box isn't getting played because everybody's afraid of that, but you also think that Iron Hands is maybe dipping in play, then you're like, okay, I can bust out this because there's no Lost Box and because Iron Hands is going down, right? So therefore, it's like, you could maybe sneak into, like, a regional with something like this that, you know, just at the right time might play, right? All right, I'm, st I'm still sold on it. I'm going to put some Garbodor time in there. I'm going sh to show both of you. I don't, you, you talk a big game, but I've never seen you bring, like, a beam deck in, like, many <laughs> games. <laughs> You've Gardevoir to every local tournament I've seen, so it's like, I don't know, man, you know, you talk about this Garbodor, but I don't think I'll ever be seeing you at challenges with this Garbodor. <laughs> Bro, I get to go to one challenge a month if I'm lucky. There's no way I'm bringing Garbodor. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm never going to be seeing you playing this. I'll play it. <laughs> I, I, you will probably somehow beat me with it because whatever I'm playing will lose to Garbodor. Yeah, I'll get back to you on how good that deck is. <laughs> Kobe, do you have another deck and or card that you're excited from from the set? Hmm. There's definitely a couple. I mean, I think the tools are just really interesting, but I guess... Well, actually, yeah, another tool. I think um, the ancient tool and also the ancient supporter, which is Sada's Vitality. I think those two cards might be like the backbone of potentially many decks to come, especially if there's more ancient Pokemon in the future. Like, I don't like a good example. I don't. I don't think Roaring Moon's that amazing. Like, it's okay. It has its niche, but I think what really makes those decks good are those two cards, and you can kind of slot that in with any generic ancient attacker. Sada's is just Melanie for Ancient Pokemon, but better. Like, two energies, draw three, right? It's really good. And Ancient Tool is just 60 HP. It's just a better Bravery Charm, right? So therefore, those two cards in combination, you just put that into a bunch of these big Ancient Pokemon decks, and I think you just have a recipe for a good deck, right? Got to see your pro Ancient Archetype. Sack, what about you? Other, other pieces that you're excited about? What are the good ancient Pokemon? What do we have right now? I think it's just Rhyme. okay. Those are two good <laughs> cards for ancient. No, but what? Like, what are you using those with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think only right now there's just really Roaring Moon, right? Yeah. Oh, but... Roaring Moon's like I'm. I'm a big fan of Roaring Moon. That's the <laughs> yeah. like the what is that Salamence, right? Yeah, yeah the dark one the where you just knock, like, out. knock out your opponent's active Pokemon. Yeah, and you could dark patch to that one too. So I think that could be fun. Yeah, I do, with like a heavy discard engine. I do want to point out, although this is not what you're going to run it with, most likely Screamtail exists. That would be a Gardevoir thing, but it's the 20 snipe for each damage counter on the Pokemon. And with the oh, 60 definitely. tool, it suddenly has 150 HP, and so you can guard you to it seven times, and then that's 140. <laughs> so you can snipe for 280 in Gardevoir because no one plays Manaphy anymore. So, you know? That's crazy. It's, it's snipe for 280. You could hit an Arc V-Star on the bench for a one-shot. <laughs> as a single prizer. <laughs> that's a lot. 
That's insane. <laughs> so there, there's another good ancient Pokemon beyond the Roaring Moon. It's just oh, you can also snipe Pidgeot too. Oh, that sounds really broken. Now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. Pidgeots. Ooh. But I mean, uh, we, yeah, that's that's you know, pretty. Oh, that's like a two card combo. You you just like yeah. boss reversal though. I, I mean, mean, we're also I mean, getting. Speaking of like tools and stuff, we're getting the like the energizer, turbo energize. Mm -hmm. So this is like uh Trinity Charge, but for any Pokemon, pretty much. And so, but it's only two energy as a technical machine. Okay, this yeah, could but also doesn't do yeah, it doesn't do damage. Oh, I guess Trinity Charge, yeah, but it's I not like it's Trinity Charge. Like turn one, you Arvin for this piece. You like a lot of people playing Arvin decks at the moment. So you either go like turbo energize, accelerate your Pokemon, accelerate your iron hands. Or you can go like, um, was it the evolution? Technical machine evolution? Yeah, evolve I think to the, the evil one so is really good. Iron Valiant. Yeah, because you can alleviate some of your weakness going into these Iron Valiant or Iron Hand stacks, right? Like turn one, you just use the evolution one and then evolve up your your liabilities, right? And I think that's really good. In Goldengo. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking exactly Goldengo. So it's just Arvin yeah. Goldengo. Yeah, Late woo. game, you Arvin for your pieces. <laughs> Early game, you go Battle Pass plus Evolution Poke. And then you just Battle Pass, attach the energy, because you're going to play 16 of them. And then yeah. now you have two Goldengos in play. Yeah, it's that, for Goldengo. For decks that evolve into EXs, which at, I, other than Goldengo, I, can't, I don't know of any. So... That's the deck that I'm thinking that it would be good into. Something that evolves into a tankier since stage one, right? Yeah. I'm a fan. I really love, after watching Mahone's video of the Goldango into the Jesse playing Iron Hands. And if you haven't watched that video, I would recommend it is a very good chance to see Maridon Iron Hands and then Goldango be showcased pretty effectively because Jesse like pulls off the Iron Hands ampy very much on like turn two, like going first, right? But Mahone does this evolution and just has this disgusting board on turn one of the game <laughs> and it's like oh my gosh this tool is like really good <laughs> so i am such a huge fan of it yeah, i mean the technical machines are just really strong i mean like the uh, third one that's pretty good is the devolution one right mm -hmm. like this could just be a really powerful tech into decks like zard right now right like imagine if you just devolved all their rare candy targets right even if it doesn't kill it like even if you're not spreading damage you could just get rid of two to three rare candies worth of you know setup that they had right and it's not like you get the rare candies back right so if you played like a control variant and you just kept on devolving their rare candy targets like they just can't play right like backs if you played control into backscalibur right if you just devolve three times right they no longer have backs right no infinite acceleration so i don't know the card might be sneaky good. I don't know what you would fit it into right now, but I think that that third technical machine is decent. And I think the fourth one sucks, right? The dead damage one. <laughs> the side. Yeah, that one's bad. <laughs> would you ever play it in Lost Box for Cramorant to attack for 100 snipe for zero? You could snipe the Jirachi for zero. I'd rather just play Countercatcher, though. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't sound bad. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, because like... It would reduce the cost of this too, huh? Yeah. Doesn't it have to have damage counters on it though? You oh, it's not a hundred snipe for free. It's like if there's damage counters on the Pokemon, do a hundred to it. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's one of those counters. blindside things. If only Lost Box had a way to place damage counters. It's really the limiting yeah, it's factor like, here. It's really tough <laughs> placing damage counters on the Jirachi. So I can snipe the Jirachi later. Bro, you're never gonna. Who's who benches Jirachi without Manaphy? 
All right, here's where I'm at, right? <laughs> if I can blindside something for 100 damage counters, wouldn't I just lost mine it for 120? Shut up. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> uh, are these supporters beyond the two professors like that interesting? So we have Rika, look at the top four, put two in your hand, put the other on the bottom. Rourke. <laughs> Is Rourke the worst supporter ever made? Draw two, put a basic energy card from your discard pile into your hand. It's pretty bad. No, there's mom's kindness is just draw two. There's no, there's no, <laughs> oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, I remember that card. That card was funny. All right, well, that was fun. real bad. shout out to Rourke for being better than mom's kindness. <laughs> I mean, even if it was draw three cards, it still would suck. That's the thing. Like, I don't know if I'd see any play at draw three put an energy in your hand either. It'd be so interesting. Because, like, the draw three supporters that we have right now, like, Worker, like, let's go back to Goldango, which I guess we probably should have spent yeah. more time talking about. Uh, you know, your rule box, getting rid of path is nice. Building a big hand size is nice. So, like, Worker might see play there. Mm-hmm. Avery is, like, a weird one where sometimes it helps your opponent, sometimes it doesn't. But, like, it still has a niche. probably better effect than putting an energy, <laughs> a basic yeah. energy into your hand. If it put a any energy, I guess it would make okay, yeah. a chance. Any energy yeah. would be insane. You could get a special energy back. That oh, yeah. Give me that. Bad. I'll take triple back all day. Yeah. Yeah. V-Garden that energy. Crazy. Energy. <laughs> Luminous energy. Yeah, because someone like someone strike energy. God is balanced off the fact that you only get four copies of special right? So yeah. the moment you bust open the floodgates of being able to get special energy back, it's already kind of an, a sketchy territory. But yeah, no. I think currently... At- just a basic is not good. Uh, are any of the oh, other supporters? Chantel might actually be the worst supporter. No, oh, I like Chantel. One, like, flip of heads. If uh, heads, it's boss. If tails, it's switch. <laughs> yeah. There's that one's really bad, and Larry is also not great. Flip a coin of heads, search deck for two Pokemon, reveal them, put them in your hand. If tails, search deck for a basic Pokemon. Larry's alright, I guess. If Larry's tails was search for any Pokemon, I'm not saying it'd be good, but I think it would be viable. The fact it's only it's basic like, on Tails is, like, really bad. It reads like it should be played in the Lugia, right? Either you get yeah. the two Archeops, or you get the Lugia V. Which is, but that's, like, your supportive return, so it's not like, well, I got Tails, time to go grab Fish for Burnett. <laughs> but it's just, like, it's just not it, though. No, yeah. That one is pretty bad. Not it. I do like <laughs> Mela, though. Mela seems kind of fun. So you can only play it if one of your Pokemon was knocked out during your opponent's last turn. Attach one basic fire every your discard pile to one of your Pokemon. If you do, draw cards until you have six in your hand. So it's basic it's fire. Kind of better than Raihan, though. That's the thing. Like, I feel like Raihan, like, for nine times out of ten is just what you would rather play instead of Mela, right? Because you have the same condition of you have to be knocked out, and it gets a basic energy, which Raihan could get any energy. And how many times did I wanted to draw six instead of just get the card I need? Like, probably not that often, right? So therefore, I don't know if you would ever play Mela, even in a fire deck, right? Yeah. Well, I feel like you're trying like, combos or just need to get set up. Or, if, like, Raihan rotates. We could see Mela. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's I valid. Guess, yeah. In the very real world, <laughs> and with Raihan rotates in a couple months, then yeah. Mela <laughs> yeah. actually... Is it evolving skies? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's gone this next rotation, right? Like, no more, no more evolving skies. So, yeah, I guess in that case, I didn't think about that. But I also just want to reiterate, I do like Parasol Lady for the going second set of things. <laughs> There's going to be so many of them nowadays. Yo, you Parasol so Lady. Four, 
And then you draw into the evolution TM and the energy. Hey, now we're talking. I mean, okay. I think we would only be good in Lily Nestball format. Yeah. This is fine. Sure. Maybe? It's Lily Nestball format again, but instead of Lily, is Lady. And it's only going second. Yeah, but Lily could draw six off of the first turn if it's not the first turn. This is just you're judging yourself. <laughs> <laughs> after the first turn. Alright, well, play with Iron Valiant. Alright, so we're going to cook up Iron Valiant. We're going to go Parasol Lady, Shuffle Draw 8, Squawk Draw 6. We're just going to be cooking going second. We're going to switch, 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 attach a Turbo Energy, Yoga Loop. It's our turn again. We don't have to judge anymore. We can just research this time. I guess you could also research the first time. But you're saving resources. I, I think, like I said, I think the only use I would see this is if you're playing it in a deck that runs Luminion and a one-of copy, right? Because now it's like, okay, I'm going to Luminion on the first turn for setup, and I have the one-of Parasol Lady. That can just get me eight, right? That seems reasonable, right? Like, you know, sure. Just for the or, first turn. It's like running one battle good. VIP pass in Palkia, right? If you have Irida, it's like, okay, I get the one, right? And that's it. Right? That's, that's all you keep in the deck. I think we're cooking a little too much. So, I'm going to say, Sack, where can the people find you if they want more from you? You guys can see me and all of my ideas for Paradox Rift over on Twitch at SackSack17. Or you can follow me on Twitter at, what's my Twitter? SackSack underscore 17. Where I post all of my lists and shenanigans. Kobe, where can the people find you if they want more from you? I only have a Twitter. I don't use social media outside of that. My Twitter is simply Koi, spelled K-O-I-Y-E. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I don't really post on it much. I really just, after regional tournaments, I maybe make a deckless post just so people can see what I'm cooking up. But outside of that, I'm not that active. <laughs> Myself, you can... At regionals, I'll be at Toronto. <laughs> well, you're going to Toronto. We'll talk about that later. Anyway. I'm also yeah. going to Toronto. <laughs> Let's go. Are we going to Toronto? I'm not, no. What do you mean? Why not? What? <laughs> Bro, the flights were so much money from Seattle. Yeah, just yes, drive. Trick. That's yeah, what I'm know, doing. You, you drive from Seattle to Vancouver and you fly. That's what I'm doing. I don't got that. So teachers get summers off. And because of that, we don't actually get days off that we get to choose. <laughs> so I do not have that ability. Yeah. it's. I actually get three personal days a year. That is not a joke. <laughs> so, That's so little. Yeah, I mean, this is <laughs> summers and spring break, right? So it's fine. Yeah. Myself, you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Mellow underscore Magikarp. Be sure to say hi to both of these two and root for them in Toronto in the next couple of days. Uh, this has been another episode of the Lake of Rage podcast. We'll catch you all next week.